0: I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist.
1: And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist.
0: And this is When East
1: Meets West. We all avoid, right? We all want to do the easy thing and pull the covers over our head uh, sometimes. I know I do. How about, how about you?
0: I do. Now that you just said that, I, I had a principal once that was like, when I was we like afraid of the night, and he was like, What are you going to pull your covers over your head? And then all of a sudden the burglar won't get you. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's right. They <laughs> wouldn't. They would you're, get me still. Yeah.
1: You're like, this, would, but, but maybe I will. I'll still do it. Yeah. <laughs> So for that reason, uh, Pete, I'm going to be talking about avoidance today. So, you know, yeah. I think it's important to clarify what avoidance is because of course it's a word we all, you know, kind of like say out in the world, right? Like we're going to avoid doing something yeah. or whatever, but from, um, from a behavioral science lens, avoidance means something really specific. Yeah. So, you know, of course I'm going to jump in with some definitions, not Webster ones though.
0: Oh, but I have to give my Webster uh, one. Fine.
1: All right. The action yeah. of
0: keeping away from, or not doing something
1: okay. I'm okay with that. You're not you know, mad at you that. Know, I'm not mad at that. You know, sometimes, sometimes I like shake my fist at Webster that I'm like, they need to you hire a sure psychologist, do. but no. Okay. That's right. So avoidance from a, a psychological perspective really means avoiding something that is unpleasant in some way. So mm-hmm. we're engaging in a behavior where we're moving away from something that's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about a lot on here, Behavior can be both overt, right? So you could avoid having a uh, conversation with someone that's difficult, right? That would be an overt uh, avoidance behavior, but it can also be covert, right? Like you can avoid something inside your body, right? Like you could push away a memory you don't like, or you could try to push away an emotion. And, you know, we do this because when we run away from something, move away from something that's unpleasant, in the short term, in the moment, it feels relieving, right? Like we get a sense of relief and that sense of relief is very reinforcing to our brains. Our brains then learn, hey, that quote unquote worked Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know I'll do it again next time. So it's actually something, uh, the behavioral term is it's negatively reinforced. Negative, yes. by the way, uh, listeners, doesn't mean bad Yeah. in behaviorism. So, uh, poorly named, in my opinion, but negative means it's taking so away, poorly so.
0: named that we always have so to do poorly so named. Negative reinforcement is the removal of a stimulus. Right. Yes, so taking yourself out of an environment or removing some kind of experience that's creating. Discomfort. Discomfort. Thank you for that.
1: Right. Discomfort. Right. And then reinforcement means the behavior is more likely to happen again in the future. So if we take away uh, anxiety, um, anger, sadness, think of all the, you know, a a, a memory you don't like, a thought you don't like, your brain goes, hmm, I really like that. I think I'll do that behavior again. And then we end up kind of stuck in a pattern of avoiding things that are uncomfortable.
0: Right. Right. So I mean maybe we could break down some examples for like maybe some sure. like common yeah, like f- throw some out. Th- yeah. Well I, I feel like you're always better at the examples. But no, you know, I mean obviously like easy ones would be like, you know, um, you know, getting off of a bus when it gets really crowded or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, or pulling off the highway because we're driving and I see a bridge coming off uh, uh, you know, a bridge coming up and I don't want to go over the bridge but I'll, I'll, that's a um, difficult conversation. So if I'm having an argument mm-hmm. with a loved one, then I, if I maybe don't go to dinner or don't hang out or mm-hmm. don't go to the meeting because I don't have to see mm-hmm. them, that's avoidance. Yep. Any others? Yep. I mean, lots of yeah. others.
1: So, yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, so many. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, so many ways to avoid as a human. I, I can't cover them all. Um. Well, avoiding vulnerability, right. Yes. Like sharing how that's you really feel with somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, we could even say, Avoiding avoiding vulnerability with yourself, like not acknowledging to yourself that you feel a certain way. So, sort of like
0: when you wanted to avoid when East meets West when I first presented it to you. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's a great example. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) a great
1: example. Check out our vulnerability episode from uh, season one if you want to hear more. Yeah, hear more about that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly avoidance. Um, When people engage in um, unhelpful coping. Uh, behaviors, right? Like substance abuse, for example, yes. right? Like drinking, That's avoidance.
0: Yeah. right?
1: Like um, uh, overeating or or restricting uh, food, right? Um, devices, right? Turning on all the devices so you don't have to be in the moment, right?
0: I love so, a good overeat. I'm just gonna put that out there for everybody. <laughs> a binge. You know, again, I mean, I'm not minimizing it because it's it can be really, um, yeah. you know, challenging for some people, and it does. It's really comforting. So I think, you know, if I'm having a stressful day, to avoid that, I might eat a little extra.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. Um, and you know, we do other things uh, that are about you know avoiding what's happening in our inside of our bodies by sometimes, like I said, suppressing emotion. We'll push mm-hmm. things down, try to push thoughts out of our mind, right? We mm-hmm. might um uh, fantasize, right? Or imagine other things that can be avoidance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's important to, to acknowledge that all these behaviors uh, Pete and I are talking about, um, they're not inherently avoidant, right? So in behaviorism, you know, we are always clear to uh, identify that the, the function of a behavior,
0: mm-hmm. meaning
1: like what a behavior is intending to do for us, right? There's a reason why we're doing, why we do things, right. uh, is determined by the context. So if we go back to substance use, for example, yep. if you, uh, you know, have a glass of wine at the end of the day, it's not necessarily indicating that you're avoiding any something, right? right. You might just enjoy wine. You might just enjoy, um, the sense of, uh, you know, relaxation that the that the mm-hmm. substance um induces chemically right mm-hmm. um however if you know you are coming home and uh you know drinking i don't know like five hard liquor drinks right yeah. um and because you're feeling very very anxious or very very sad I love sad. That you just that said makes-
0: hard liquor drinks <laughs> well
1: <laughs> you know, trying to <laughs> try trying to be trying to be general and specific at the same time here, right? <laughs> trying to be both right. Th- that that would indicate avoidance, yeah, yeah. right? That you're trying to it avoid yeah. emotion. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think it's important that, you know, as we're talking about this, that listeners aren't jumping to the conclusion, like, oh no, if I do these things, I'm avoiding right. everything, right? right. Well,
0: because um, it's everything in moderation.
1: Correct, correct. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> to that point, I'm glad you're saying that, Pete avoidance as well. Like I always say to yes. patients, like, you know, we can't be mindful hundred percent of the time. Like no. there is, there is a degree of like, sometimes we're going to avoid things and that's yeah. okay. That's still a holistic um, that's you can still be holistically healthy and engage in avoidance behaviors. Cause there's no way not right. to. Right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, and I, and when you pour the second or third glass of wine, let's say in that example, what we do is we might do that mindfully. You know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, like I'll, I'll say to like, say college age, you know, kids or things like, you know, shots never have like a good outcome, mm-hmm. you know, like, like mm-hmm. a shooter, right. Right. like, right. Right. you know, I mean, right. 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 or, or if you're trying to break down intent, like what's the intent of a shot?
1: Right. Right. Totally. The,
0: the intent is, you know, to get to like blackout. I mean, you know, ish, I mean, sure. if you're really being honest, I mean, sure, probably sure. what's there. You know.
1: Sure. Sure. No, totally. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, so bring some mindful awareness to the process. Yes. Absolutely. though. Yes. So, I think also maybe what I'm wanting to emphasize is that, like, if we go to the devices, for example, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, in the modern era, we we all do that sometimes. We all, you know, like, let's say. You're,
0: you're really good at that. You uh, don't do that what? that much.
1: I mean. Listen, I mean
0: well, because, you, you know, you at least have this healthy relationship with social media. Because sure, I think but, that's a lot of people get, that's what they get.
1: That's true. But I mean, I, I can be on my, like, I can be like watching TV and like be on my yeah, phone yeah. and like someone sitting next to me, do you know what I'm saying? That's like, right. I do. I mean, I'm a person, right. So it's like, I definitely yes. can struggle with that. And I think right. what I want to communicate is that it's having compassion for oneself that we're, we can't eliminate avoidance behaviors from right. human experience. No. What we can do to Pete's point is become aware of them and try to reduce them overall. So it's not, um, it's not our main coping tool. Right? Well, that's where re- it becomes problem. Not- well, oh, sorry, that's where, it's,
0: yeah. Well, because there's this APA definition of avoidance that I think oh, yeah, you're gonna like. I'll
1: probably like that one. Yeah.
0: This one you're gonna like because yeah. it also breaks down. So the practice um, or an instance of keeping away from particular situations, environments, individuals, or things because they're either. A, the anticipated negative consequence of such the encounter, B, anxious or painful feelings associated with them. So psychology brings several theoretical perspectives to the study of avoidance. So it uses it as a means of coping, like you just mm-hmm. said, it uses um, as a response to fear or shame. It's mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's existence as a personality style or predisposition. Mm-hmm. So some of us just tend to be more avoidant. And mm-hmm. lastly, um, it's existent as a component of anxiety disorders.
1: Yes. Thank you. I do like that. Definition. I, knew it. So, yeah, I knew you would. Know, yes, I'm so glad you did. Well, I think actually, um, cause I do want to talk a little bit about how we target avoidance, uh, okay. both clinically and from, uh, you know, an I Eastern lens. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you know, mindfulness is, you know, uh, guess what guys all roads lead to mindfulness, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but boom, I think, uh, I want to throw out one more definition that's really important, which is experiential avoidance yes, because good. that's a really important one. So uh experiential avoidance, which I, I think I would, I mean, I, I have a feeling you're gonna agree with me here. All avoidance, I think, really is can be characterized as experiential avoidance. Yes. And experiential avoidance comes out of um the most current uh uh behavioral science research. And really, what experiential avoidance means is the the brain um tries to control Mm -hmm. fix get rid of problem solve ignore suppress Mm -hmm. any internal stimuli and so what are internal stimuli well They're the things that we don't control, like emotions that pop Mm -hmm. up, right? That we don't, Mm -hmm. that you know, they just show up. Fear, shame, fear, shame. But anything like fatigue, joy, right? Okay, so emotions, thoughts that show up.
0: No one's really avoiding joy, but we'll just
1: well, well, some people do actually. Oh, you're right, actually. Yeah, anything.
0: Yeah, Yeah, or like they feel
1: guilty about feeling joy, right? It's like right, right, yeah. People, I mean. Brains are tricky,
0: tricky. You've been good about that lately. I know,
1: I'm like, you know, these tricky organs. Okay. So, uh, so emotions, yes, thoughts, mm-hmm. physical sensations, mm-hmm. behavioral urges, or memories. So, these are all internal stimuli that our brains can try to fix, get rid of, control, ignore, suppress. And we can. Uh, experientially avoid things both with overt behaviors like we've talked about or covert behaviors so i just think that's really important
0: to that was great be aware of. oh
1: thank you um and also where's that from
0: i mean I've, I've, what experiential I've, avoidance no just the way that you def- i mean i love that you broke oh. that down to emotions thoughts physical sensations behavioral urges and memory
1: oh it comes out of the out of the act literature i think i should have known
0: the- that then right <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you, you know it in there. I know you. I'm sure you know it's it there, there, but it's um, like it. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> and, and I also want listeners to, to know that uh, what's really interesting is that experiential avoidance. So again, it's trying to get rid of these things. What happens is the more we try to avoid um, these internal experiences, we don't want mm-hmm. what we say and act is the more you don't want it, the more you the more you got it. Yeah. So it paradoxically yeah. increases it. So I, I tell people, it's kind of like trying to put a lid on a pot of boiling of boiling water. Yes. We'll keep it in initially, but then it'll blow, right. It'll explode. So
0: I say it's like putting a beach ball underwater in the outside oh, pool. Yes.
1: I love that one. Oh yes. I love what you say. That's another great one. That's so a good one, yeah. it doesn't actually work. So the more we experientially avoid research demonstrates that um, it results in increased uh, like symptoms, basically yes. increased emotion dysregulation. So on the on the surface, it seems like it's again "quote unquote" working, working right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we're like, oh, we got to avoid that discomfort for a moment. But it, overall, holistically, it's actually creating suffering. It's creating well, that's a beautiful way
0: for that negative refor- reinforcement.
1: Yes, exactly. So, yeah. so, Pete, so tell tell listeners a little bit about how we target avoidance behaviors. Like, what are some of the things that you do clinically?
0: Well, behaviorally, if there's something you're avoiding, like you've already alluded to, then we need to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, what we do is like a hierarchy or just some sort of uh, systematic approach to targeting whatever the behavior is. Um, And so whether, you know, if it is, uh, you know, having a difficult conversation, you might role play with it. You might Mm -hmm. imagine having the conversation, write out some of the things you kind of get to help, help our clients, like figure out what the feelings will be and to, you know, at least try and practice it uh, in, Mm -hmm. in session like you already also alluded to all rosalie to mindfulness you know so uh-huh. having a mindful <laughs> approach to the avoidance because what we're going to do is often judge ourselves so like we're not going to go into that in this episode i think we did an episode on shame did we
1: uh i oh, actually I stuck okay. i it I stumped me i, think you I may stumped you no actually no i don't think we have yet we've done we've done one on guilt drugs. we've done guilt we did we did okay. it on guilt that's right
0: yeah. So they're like cousins. And so I yeah. think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with noticing, like, so from a mindful perspective, it's like noticing when you're avoiding something because of shame or guilt, mm-hmm. because, because ultimately what you want to do is non-judgmentally experience yes. it because it's your, yes. it's that gorgeous frontal lobe that's saying, Hey, you shouldn't have this, or you're feeling this certain kind of way. And so we're going to say, Hey, let's retrain that frontal lobe mm-hmm. to then be able to like, um, I don't like the word tolerate, but to, to be able to like, accept
1: and experience.
0: An accept- yeah. An experience.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and can you also, cause I think this is um, a really helpful uh, place to include sort of when we're avoiding again, these internal experiences, because yeah. what, what Pete's really describing, which is really important um, is, you know, when people are overtly avoiding something, right. We're yes. going to take steps to help them come into like, you know, if they're avoiding having a conversation with somebody or they're avoiding, you know, we're going to lay out steps to do that, that we right. can actually say, why it's like, why are they not doing those things? Because they're trying to avoid something internal that they don't like, right? Like they're afraid or Mm -hmm. they're ashamed. So this is where the mindfulness piece comes in, right? Right. And we have to do a lot of that work in session sometimes, right? So can you explain a little bit more about how you help people uh, actually move towards contacting emotions or thoughts or, you know, making space for the things that they're they're
0: not accepting. Yeah. So in session, you might ask them to describe, you know, how they're feeling in their body, you know, the physical sensations, like you just said, or the thoughts, uh, the emotions associated Mm -hmm. with it uh, So that, whether that, whether that's from recounting the story or the experience, Mm -hmm. you know, or if it's from doing a kind of visualization or a guided Mm -hmm. meditation in session around what that actually feels like in someone's body, Mm -hmm. you know, and so sometimes I'm sure you've had this, that clients will end up like crying in session or having that mm -hmm. really emotive experience to just release whatever it is that they may have been holding on to.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think this is important to say about avoidance too, is that there can often be a belief that um, if somebody allows for one of these internal uh, experiences that they don't like, right? Mm-hmm. So a thought, they don't like a memory. They don't like an urge. They don't like a emotion or sensation that if they allow for it, if they make space for it, that one of those memories, thoughts, uh, emotions, urges are going to actually take over. Yeah, Right. And so that's actually what leads to trying to get rid of it. Right. What they're, because they're like, Oh, if I let myself, Felix, I think we talked about this in this our sadness episode, right. People often are times are afraid oh, if I let myself feel sad, I'm going to become undone, Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so there's this paradox that actually the allowing is what helps you process it, which helps you regulate it so much like the lid on a pot of boiling water. If you take the lid off, the water will boil, but it's not going to boil over, right? It's going to stay in the pot. And so I think this practice um, of targeting avoidance is also, you know, leads to people not only being able to learn this the skills to regulate emotion, then from a you know cognitive perspective, they also learn feeling uncomfortable experiences yeah. in our bodies, uh, thoughts, memories, they, they're they not going to actually hurt us in any way.
0: I love that right? you just said that too. Like the you learn and practice. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn and you have to practice.
1: Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Well and can I ask just one last question because I know we're <laughs> running out of time here. Of course yeah. so I have all the questions for Pete. Um is there anything that Buddhism has to say about avoidance? Like, just is there you know is that sort of identified concretely at all? And
0: I mean, I think it's about interpretation, and there are yeah. there are these things called like the three poisons, uh, and so mm-hmm. I think in um, in in our English language they are ignorance, attachments, and aversion, and it's the aversion piece, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's usually where you'll find some of this idea, and it's I think in Sanskrit it's d- dvesha. Uh-huh. And this is the idea of aversion or hate. And so these three poisons, they lead to that dukkha, which I've talked about before, which mm-hmm. is the suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's a place for it. Cause they, they, we realize that, you know, aversion to things. And I, we, we didn't say this. Um, and so I'll ask you about values. Yeah. Like maybe as we kind of wrap up, like thinking mm-hmm. about also values are a big piece of how we, you and I treat uh, avoidance.
1: Absolutely. no. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, because, well, so I'm going to use language of what, to link this here because so from a behavioral lens we do use the term aversive right so all the things that we're talking about have um, when something's unpleasant it has an aversive uh what we say is an aversive stimulus um value right and so values uh from an act lens right things that make us um, feel connected a sense of meaning purpose those have, this is a really dorky behavioral uh, word, appetitive, (laughs) (laughs) appetitive stimulus values, which appetitive means that we want to move towards them basically. Mm -hmm. So aversive, we want to move away. That's why we avoid appetitive. We want to move towards it. And so how, how do we help treat something that in the short term, we want to move away from it? Well, we help people access what they want to move towards. Like, so, you know, kind of the uh, simple example I like to use is if you have a, you know, an individual who strongly values friendship, right? That gives them a sense of, you know, connection and meaning and warmth, and they have a lot of social anxiety, right? So Mm -hmm. being around people, even friends also activates a very aversive emotional experience, right? Yep. Can they mindfully and dialectically hold both, right? Yes. Can you allow yourself to willingly experience anxiety while simultaneously engaging in a behavior, being with friends that aligns with one's values? And what mm-hmm. do we find? That tends to be really helpful. It doesn't get rid of the anxiety hundred percent because that's part of our brains though. We do help people um, create more expansive lives in that, in that way. Yeah. Uh, so, so thanks for bringing that up, Pete. That's, that's a really uh, important way to end here. So for our listeners, when you're thinking about avoidance, number one, start with knowing, you're going to avoid. (laughs) We all do it. It's a part of human experience, right? So if you find yourself avoiding, practice uh, radical acceptance and non-judgmental stance as well as self-compassion. And then see if you can get curious about uh, whether or not you can mindfully come back to approaching the thing that you're trying to avoid, making space for it, and maybe reducing your avoidance behaviors overall. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin.
0: And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin.
1: Content is for informational and educational purposes only.